0: No matter what it is that you want to do, whether it's become a good runner, whether it is start a business and be a successful entrepreneur, I think that the massive cheat code to accomplishing all these things is to immerse yourself in
1: the community. Hello and welcome to Run the Business, the weekly podcast that explores the place where running and leadership come together. We'll find out how running can help us with leading, managing people and generally being better in business. We also try to answer that question, do runners make better leaders? I'm Anthony Gay and today I'm joined by the man behind Strength Running, someone who as well as being a runner has created a successful business around running. In addition to being a USA Track and Field certified coach, former Men's Running Magazine influencer of the year, he's a writer for Podium Runner, Runner's World, Active Map My Run and many others. He is the host of the Strength Running podcast, Jason Fitzgerald. Welcome to Run the Business. Thank you for having me. What a warm welcome. I'm excited to be here. Jason, it's, it's fantastic to be talking to you. Uh,
0: how are you today? I'm doing great. Just got finished with a run. So that's always a good
1: day, isn't it? That's always one of the first questions I ask is, you know, when did you last go running? And tell me about where you are. You're in Denver. Is, is, is that right? And so tell me a little bit about where you go running and, and how that feels.
0: Yeah, Denver, Colorado. Denver is, I would say, one of the best areas in the country to be a runner. It's a very active state. Our population really values health and fitness and being active and getting outside and just doing fun things. And with the mountains so close to Denver, I'm very fortunate that if I want to get out of the city, you know, and maybe get away from a lot of the public parks where I do a lot of my running, I have access to some of the best trails, I think in the country. So it's an amazing place to be a runner and the running community in the Denver Boulder area is just unmatched. You will almost always you know, find yourself saying to yourself, oh, wow, that's a pro runner over there. Oh, look, there's another group run. So (laughs) it's a great place because there's just so many runners. Everyone values it. And there's so many great places to go running.
1: And and for those who might not know about strength running, you've you've had huge success over the years with strength running. Can you describe it? Can you tell us for those who don't know what it is and, and what it's about?
0: Yeah, strength running is my business where I help runners accomplish their goals. You know, I like to help runners who love the sport, Who want to improve and who just want to take the next step with their training and continue achieving. So, I really help that certain psychographic of runners, the runners who are really into the sport, you know, they're obsessed with it and they want to see how far they can take things. So, I started strength running, wow, it's been 12 years or so. I think I started it in 2010. And at the time, it was just a blog. So, I was publishing articles, I was writing for other sites where I could. And over the years, it's really taken off and kind of grown beyond my my reasonable expectations. We now have a thriving YouTube channel. The Strength Running Podcast, at least for the last couple of days, has been trending at the number one running podcast in the United States. So it's been quite the journey. And, you know, one of the things that I pride myself on is that, you know, I want to meet runners where they are, depending on what their goals are, what their fitness level is like and their experience with the sport. So, I'm always trying to discover new ways that runners can improve, can take things to the next level based on, you know, all those things, where they're at currently with their fitness level and their goals. And I think one of the reasons why I've had a, a fair amount of success with so many runners around the world is that, you know, I have so many options for Improvement and and helping runners with whatever goal they might have. So if you're an audio kind of person, we have the strength running podcast, but we also have the website, different training courses. We have certain coaching services, our YouTube channel, the blog. So there's lots of different opportunities for runners to engage with the strength running ecosystem and learn at your own pace, learn in different formats. I try to meet runners where they are and give them the tools they need to go accomplish whatever goal that they might have.
1: And and you mentioned then you started Strength Running you know, back in 2010. I'm assuming that the business part of it actually wasn't your objective when you began. And I know there's a bit of a story behind kind of why and how it came about. Can, can you talk us through a bit more about The beginnings and how you then handled that, you know, as it grew and it became a business. How 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 did you handle that?
0: When I started Strength Running, it wasn't really a business at first. There really was no revenue streams coming in. I had no uh, revenue or monetization model whatsoever. It was just a blog, and you could sign up for my email list, and I was just trying to publish high quality helpful content for runners that was at a better quality than most of the other articles you could find online so that was my goal when i first started but i did eventually want to turn strength running into a business because i wanted to do this full-time i just love the sport of running i wanted to immerse myself in the sport of running from as early as i can remember you know from when i started running as a freshman in high school to now that i'm 38 years old i still just want to be so involved with the sport And I didn't exactly know how I was going to turn strength running into a business. I just thought that, Hey, maybe I can start coaching people that read my blog. And that's sort of what I did at the very beginning. I started with, you know, a couple coaching clients and I was engaging with them on a weekly basis, writing them training plans, answering their questions, giving them guidance on their race schedule and how to prepare for that and pick tune up races and all the things that coaches do. And I gradually just started adding new things to what strength running offers over the course of the last 12 years. So, you know, at first it was just a blog and then I started publishing some videos. Then I started offering coaching services. I started offering custom training plans. So maybe you don't want the 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 intricate sort of involved relationship that is coaching, but you do want a custom built training plan for your next marathon or half marathon. Well, now I started offering that and that's been super popular because a lot of runners want that custom built personalized plan, but they don't really need the ongoing cost of a coach. They maybe don't need that ongoing accountability. So that's been that's been a really great way for runners to benefit from some of the value of coaching without actually having the coach. And I actually didn't start the podcast until 2016. It seems like a long time ago, but I feel like I was late to the podcasting game. And, um, you know, I started the podcast. It wasn't as, I would say, uh, comprehensive as it is today. And I wasn't publishing as frequently, but I would say that the podcast has sort of grown into its own entity. You know, it is something I love to do. It's probably one of my favorite aspects of the business as it's evolved over the years. Uh, and I'll, finally, I'll just say that one of the other aspects of the business that took a couple of years to get going and is, is one of the more difficult aspects of the strength running business, but I think has helped the most number of runners are our training courses and training programs. So we have content specific programs on things like you know, getting your mindset, right? So sports psychology, we have courses on weightlifting for runners, strength training for runners, injury prevention and nutrition for runners. And so if you want to dial in any of these aspects of your training, we've created, you know, these proprietary courses that really go into a lot of detail on so many different aspects of these topics. So Maybe you're someone who struggles with injuries. You know, what are the things that cause injuries? Why do runners get hurt? And how do we prevent those injuries from occurring? So I have a program that goes into this topic in such exhaustive detail. You know, like I'm such a running nerd that, you know, this is what I wish I had (laughs) when, (laughs) when I first started running. Uh, because I was an injury-prone runner, for example. So the training courses and the mm-hmm. programs, I think, are some of my favourite things to work on. They're very challenging, but I think they really help the most number of runners, and I always find that to be very gratifying.
1: Well, congratulations on the success, specifically of the podcast, because you slipped it in very humbly there. It, it's a number one running podcast on a, a, you know in the world and in, in various places. It's been hugely successful. Can you think back to the beginning. Well, actually think back to the beginning of the business. Uh, Were there any lessons that you learned early on that you would share to anybody considering sort of taking what they do into media and, you know, into a business? What what were the business lessons that that sort of helped you right at the beginning?
0: Yeah, I think there are a couple really important lessons that I learned that I still have to relearn from time to time and I, I think are still valuable today. So one of the things that I did early on to build my community to really help grow my business and also just to kind of grow my own personal brand as, you know, Jason Fitzgerald, the running coach, is I wrote a lot for other websites. So I was publishing two articles on my website, strengthrunning.com every single week. And, And this was, you know, every week. The week I got married, the week I was on my honeymoon, there were articles going Mm. up. And so it was the most consistent thing I may have ever done besides my running itself. Um, And maybe that's the first lesson. I was consistent like you wouldn't believe. So I was very much in the mindset that I decided to do this thing. The decision has already been made and I'm going to continue to publish content every week. No questions asked no matter what. So that level of consistency is something that not everyone can manage. And so it's a competitive advantage just by itself. The other thing that I think was really helpful is that I was writing for other websites as frequently as I could. So I was reaching out to, you know, any website that was accepting guest articles. I was reaching out to bigger sites, you know, household names, you know, things like active.com, many of the sites that you mentioned previously in your intro, just asking them if I could contribute articles. And at the time I was, I was gleefully writing these articles for free because I wanted the exposure. I wanted the links back to my website and I wanted to build my own personal brand. So I think those two things were really helpful in the beginning for helping me grow the business early on. And then as you know, the business has grown and and things have changed. My strategy has changed a little bit, I think. Um, you know, I'm still writing regularly for other websites. And right now I'm a columnist for trail runner magazine. So I'm still doing that. But I think being a guest on other podcasts is also a fantastic growth opportunity. And it's, it's basically the guest posting version in 2022, right? So 2012, a decade ago, being a guest blogger and contributing an article to another website was very popular. Today, it's almost like, it's just as popular to be a guest on another podcast. So it's very similar, but the benefits are very similar as well.
1: Well, I'm uh, honoured to have you on as a guest uh, today. So thanks for doing that. I appreciate it. Uh, in terms of, you know, you mentioned consistency in publishing content uh, I think this is a really interesting thing I think in training and in business is, is you know delivering 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 isn't it it's that persistence in making sure that you are always moving towards your goals and, and being consistent how how do you encourage your community the, the clients that you work with to create good habits what, what what are your thoughts on that how do we get into that mindset of just being uh, just delivering on a regular basis?
0: Yeah, it's just as important with running, right? And I like to tell my runners, look, there's no there's no magic formula to being a good runner, but if there was a secret sauce, it's consistency. And you know, after all, you really can't become a good runner or a good, you know, business owner or entrepreneur if you're not consistently working at it. And so I think one of the things that is just absolutely critical, just table stakes, is being consistent in your efforts. Uh, It was really helpful for me as a runner. It was very helpful for me as an entrepreneur. And the way that I like to kind of build this into, you know, my, my running clients training and into my conversations with them is, you know, number one, let's make sure we're running for the right reasons. Let's make sure that we love the sport. You know, I can't make any runner love running. You kind of have to have that by yourself. You need that intrinsic motivation to just want it yourself. And... Once you want it, once you really actually have a goal that's exciting to you, that you're willing to work for, that you're willing to experience some discomfort to achieve, I think then it becomes all about developing the discipline to complete that training consistently over time. And and a big part of that discipline is just having systems. You know, having a schedule, having a routine, I think we've all heard the fact that, you know, a routine is a distance runner's best friend. We thrive on routine because, you know, we're we're working hard every day. And if you're an entrepreneur, the yep. same thing is true. We're working hard every day. We need to create the environment that makes working hard much more manageable for us. So, a big part of it is is having that intrinsic motivation running for the or the right reasons which excite you, and then building the discipline and the systems that allow you to be consistent.
1: And I think what you described there, and and how that transfers into business, is is exactly what this podcast and this conversation is about. Can you think of um, specific times, uh, you know, over the years where running has? Helped you solve or deal with a challenge that you've had from uh, from a business point of view, or, or uh, are, there, are there points where you've considered this parallel between running a business before, or just where running has has helped you, you know, resolve something or work something out?
0: Well, I do think running is sort of the the best time to. Let your subconscious work on problems, you know, like sometimes I'm not actively thinking about a solution to a problem, but it comes to me later after a good run. So I do think running is just one of these amazing, almost meditative opportunities where it can be really great to help you think about problems on a deep level and in a very unstructured way. You're not distracted by anything. You know, I love to go out there and and run without any music. You know, I'm not listening to a podcast, though I will encourage runners to listen to the Strength Running Podcast when they go running. Of course. (laughs) Of course. But not listening to anything, not being distracted is just one of those wonderful opportunities to mull over things in this creative, unstructured way. You know, it's like, it's like freestyling. It's just this free form way of thinking that can be very creative. But from a, a higher level, I do think running has molded my personality into someone who is more apt to be an entrepreneur. I mean, I'm much more independent. I I, I like a lot of work, you know, uh, that's okay with me. And so I can look down a training week with 80 miles in it, or I can look down a, a work week with a lot of work in it. And I guess I can just mentally grapple with that and be okay with that. Um, there rarely has been issues where I'm thinking to myself, wow, I'm glad I'm a runner because now I can solve this problem. It's more in your approach to issues And I think one of the things that running has given me above all else is a level of I kind of want to call it mental toughness, although I I wouldn't really say it's, you know, the classic definition of toughness. It's more that I'm not too flustered by problems and I'm very solution oriented. So it's like if I get an injury, I'm not going to, you know, have a temper tantrum and, sulk and and just go on the couch and just whine and moan about it for days or weeks. I'm solution oriented. Okay, what is my injury? What caused my injury? How do I solve this issue? How do I get back on the road? How do I start running again? What can I do in the interim for training that won't exacerbate the injury? So I'm asking question after question after question about my problem so that I can better understand it, solve it, and then move on. And I think that approach something that I've taken into my business. It's something I've taken into my entrepreneurial life because I just look at all these issues. They're not insurmountable. They are problems that can be solved. And and I think running has given me the mindset to really uh, be able to attack problems in that way.
1: And that process that you've just described, the questions that you ask yourself, the self-awareness that that you have is such a powerful tool. Um, And to be able to have that um, you know, to be able to do that, some people in business and in, in running will will kid themselves in terms of their um, you know ability or, or possibilities. How do you how do you ground yourself? And and have you ever sort of noticed your you know your part of your you know your ego trying to uh, trick you into into taking a path that maybe is is the wrong path? Did, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to. That's actually a very difficult question to answer because in the moment it can be a little bit difficult to ground yourself, and and sometimes, you know, I, I think I'm a little bigger than my britches, and I try to do things that are way above my ability level. Uh, I'll, I'll give you actually a concrete example. I I spent I think uh, five figures trying to create uh, software that would create a training plan based on a, a Q&A. So a runner would fill out a form, it would ask all these questions about their goals and their past training, and then it would create a training program from that. Now, I don't have any coding experience, but I hired a firm to try to do this for me. And I just wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready to manage a project like that. I wasn't ready to communicate exactly how it should work, why it should work the way that I wanted it to work and it was a failure. And, and I ended up just having to shelve the project completely. And it was just one of those things where, well, it didn't work. So let's just move on. You know, I kind of have to eat that loss, just like a bad race. You know, you have a bad race. Okay. What, what can I learn from that? Yeah. Let's not dwell on it. Let's just move forward. Um, I, I think one of the ways that I can ground myself is is always just in, in thinking historically about what has worked for me what hasn't worked for me and then trying to iterate on that i think when you try to you know do something that is so outside of your personal skill set and also outside of the things that you enjoy you know i don't enjoy coding i don't enjoy software i don't enjoy building those things and so i was Mm -hmm. definitely out on a limb trying to do something that was way outside of my comfort zone And it was too far outside of my comfort zone. And it was a miserable failure, but I learned a lot from it. Um, So how I stay grounded that that's a good question. I uh, I wish I had a better answer for you, but it's one of those things where um, I think you really have to know yourself and have a certain level of self awareness to know what your core competencies are and then use those to your advantage without going so outside of your skill set that you're you're likely courting failure.
1: But I, I think that's a great answer, and and you described you know the process that you went through. and actually, it's okay to fail, isn't it? it's it's we have to you know in business uh, fail. you know the the phrase you know fail often fail quickly is something that's banded around. but no, you know when you fail, moving on to the next thing and and not dwelling on it sounds like you did in that scenario.
0: I, I think you just brought up a really good point that running taught me that failure is okay, and it's just a normal part of the process. And I've discovered in my coaching practice a lot of adult runners who started later in life and typically are training for longer races like maybe the half marathon or the marathon, these runners don't race a lot. And what that does is it puts your race up on a pedestal. So if you only race two marathons a year with maybe two half marathon tune-up races, that's four races in a year. Where, you know, I've had some weeks where I've run four races in a week. You know, that's not necessarily a good thing. You know, in high school, we might've had two meets and I've, you know, did a double within each meet, but frequent racing leads to frequent failures because not every race is going to be great. Some races are going to be mediocre. Some races are going to be terrible. And it's one of the greatest learning opportunities that you can have as a runner And that, I think, bled over into every other aspect of my life, particularly my entrepreneurial life, where I wanted to fail. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a great quote by this entrepreneur. I kind of forget who it was. I saw it years ago where he was saying, look, if I don't have one, two, three failures every single month, I know I'm not trying hard enough. I know I'm not trying enough new things. And that's always stuck with me because, you know, if I'm racing, frequently. I know I'm going to have some bad races. That's just very normal. And, you know, it gives me a lot of valuable data that informs my training, my preparation, my race strategy, you know, my mindset around racing. So those failures can be very valuable. And the same is true in the business world. You've got to be failing to learn more things, to refine your approach, and then to ultimately become better at what you do. So I think the failure piece is, is really important.
1: And Jason, in terms of goals going forward, you've achieved so much with with the site, with the community. What what do you have left? How do you set goals going forward?
0: Yeah, so I always like to be thinking of new ways to solve runners' problems. And I've sort of transitioned. I used to do this for myself all the time. Now I try to extrapolate out and try to help the broader running community. So. You know, I have a couple of projects that I'm working on right now, uh, a joint project with uh, a strength coach. I have uh, a couple projects that I'm working on internally at Strength Running that I'm really excited about. I have those big goals. Those are what I would call big goals, different products to release, different ways of meeting runners where they are and helping them with specific problems. I also just have certain performance goals that I would like to hit You know, in terms of you know, podcast downloads. I would like to more consistently be a number one running podcast in the US. Yep. I'm usually sitting around number two or number three. So I just, I, I'm, I'm having a good week right now <laughs> and I'll take that. But I'd like to be more consistent with my podcast rankings. Uh, I would like to get better at YouTube. I'm honestly, I don't think I'm great at YouTube uh, in terms of just creating videos that get a lot of views that go viral that really help runners and and also just get them excited to run. I think it's a wonderful platform for inspiration. And, you know, the fact I that I live in Colorado really gives me an, an incredible mm-hmm. opportunity to share some of these beautiful places that I have the privilege of running in. And I think that is is one thing I can be better at on my YouTube channel. So I have such a wide variety of goals, but ultimately it all comes down to Helping runners accomplish their goals, no matter what goals they are.
1: Mm-hmm. And just going back to your goals, particularly the ones that you, you mentioned at the beginning of that bit, that answer, the fact that you could, with such eloquence and clarity and you know, in, in such a positive way, recite those and bring those forth. I mean, that says a lot about your your vision and what you're doing? Because I mean, that's one thing, isn't it? As you say, in running and in business, unless you know what you're, you're heading out to do and, and striving for, unless you've got that clear, it's going to be really difficult to get there and, and you'll just drift around. Uh, but it sounds like you've really nailed those down.
0: I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I do. Um, and, and they're always changing too. And, and that's sort of like running goals, right? Your, your goals might always be, you know, changing, evolving, shifting over time. But ultimately, you're as long as you're moving in the right direction, then you should still be enjoying the process, enjoying the journey. And, and that's part of why I love what I'm doing. It's just like running. I just enjoyed the training. You know, if I didn't set a PR, that, that doesn't mean the season was a waste. I still had a great time. I enjoy racing. And, and business is the same, too. You know, if I don't have the number one running podcast all the time, you know, that that doesn't really matter to me. It's just like a fun accomplishment that I get to have professionally. Um, but ultimately, I love the process. I just love trying to to work with different subject matter experts to help runners and provide information that is concrete and actionable and practical for their lives. And I think. As long as you're enjoying what you're doing, you know, the goals will sort of take care of themselves.
1: And that passion obviously comes through in, in, in the way you, you talk about what you're doing. It's, it's, it's very inspiring. I want to talk now about a memorable run. Is there something that sticks out as a particular race or run that you hold dearly in your mind and you can recall the experience and the, the sights and the smells and the sounds of a particular run?
0: Yeah, wow. I... Like four different memories popped into my head when you were asking me this. I have so many. I remember one specific run where I was traveling. I was in New Zealand and it was in the middle of the afternoon. I had just gotten to a hotel and um, this was back in 2013, very early days of strength running. And I didn't want to go for a run. I was just kind of tired. I'd been driving for most of the morning, but I decided, look, let me just get a short run in. It'd be a shame if I didn't explore this area because it's really beautiful. And I get out there and, you know, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm in a cranky mood, but I just wasn't super into my run as this happens all the time, right? And I start running and I find this little trail through the woods and it just is beautiful. Like, I'm just like, wow, I'm blown away by this temperate forest in New Zealand. And all of a sudden I get to this overlook and all of a sudden I'm looking at St. Joseph's Glacier on the west coast of New Zealand. It's one of the few places in the world where a temperate rainforest meets a glacier. And it was just like a half a mile away. So I ran down the trail. I ran across this, you know, incredible open space with this this river of glacier water sort of like rushing across all these rocks and i was able to run up to the glacier touch the glacier and i was thinking to myself i can't believe i almost didn't run today i just wouldn't have experienced this i wouldn't have had this amazing run that that you know in in 24 years of running my god that's like a quarter century i'm really dating myself but <laughs> in in about a quarter century of running I had never experienced anything like that and it almost didn't happen because i just didn't want to go running one day because i was a little tired and cranky and it would have been so much nicer just to like take a little nap or or just not do anything for an hour or two and so now i always go for that run if i'm traveling and i don't really want to go for a run i don't know where i'm gonna run I just go for that run. I just go exploring because you never know what you're going to find. And that's one of the reasons why I love running. It is such an exploratory endeavor. You just get to know the area that you're running in, in such a more mm-hmm. intimate way that you just can't do if you're driving around in a car.
1: Wonderful to, to sort of see the pictures in my mind of, of what you're describing there. Uh, this conversation is is hugely inspiring. I, I kind of want to know who inspires you? What makes you pumped and excited and, uh, you know, continue to to do the things that you do?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I have a lot of different um, inspirations, both from the business world and also in the running world. You know, I'd say that I think moving to Denver and just being engaged with the running community here in the Denver-Boulder area is likely where I draw the most inspiration from. So, I have, you know, friends and other coaches and and other podcasters who I'm in touch with on a regular basis who are just always inviting me on trail runs and long runs and, you know, come to this group workout. Um, You know, we're doing this group run and there's going to be a talk afterward and all, all these amazing things put you in touch with the broader running community. And I don't I don't think I actually need too much inspiration. I just I just go hang out with runners and I'm just massively inspired to keep training myself to keep helping runners and in producing the content that I do. And that really gives me that sort of, you know, service first attitude where all I want, all I want to do, all I'm thinking about all the time is how can I, you know, communicate this training principle or, you know, this new strategy in a way that's going to resonate with runners. So I, I don't think I need too much inspiration, but I'm fortunate because I find it all around me here where I live.
1: And I think there's something in that, Jason. Where you know, you your community, your your you know your inspiration is is around you. You hang out with other runners. I think whatever business people are in. Uh, or or maybe want to get into there is one school of thought that says if you want to be a you know a writer go hang out with writers if you want to be a painter go hang out with painters because being around them the energy uh you know if you if you're with people that are you know successful in a in a field it's going to rub off isn't it it's going to have an impact on you
0: yeah absolutely and i think you hit the nail on the head no matter what it is that you want to do whether it's become a good runner whether it is start a business and be a successful entrepreneur or be a good writer or pick your, your goal or your profession or whatever it is that you want to do, I think that the massive cheat code to accomplishing all these things is to immerse yourself in the community. So I was very fortunate when I started running. I started running on a cross-country team. Every day I was hanging out with runners and I had a coach. We were going to meets, and I was just thrown headfirst into the cross-country world. And then I started running indoor track and outdoor track. I ran all three seasons throughout my four years in high school and also throughout my four years of college. And it was that experience that I think taught me the most about running. And I think from an entrepreneurial perspective, hanging out with other business owners, other entrepreneurs and just hearing about what they're doing, how they're solving problems, how they're approaching growth and, you know, different offerings for their customers and, and all these different things. That's how you grow as an entrepreneur or a business owner is is getting involved with the community. So I think you just hit the nail on the head right there. Immersion is the key.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, a couple of questions to go. Uh, running aside, can you name a business tool, an app, a person maybe, something that you couldn't do without, something that's really helped you do what you do?
0: Yeah, I'll, the one app that runs my entire business, I use Entreport, uh, which is a kind of a CRM tool, but it also allows you to protect pages so that you can offer your clients a login, so they can access you know, different training programs, anything that you want to put on those protected pages. Um, it's also an amazing um, email tool. So customer relationship management, uh, it's an email database, and it's also where I house all of my training programs and products. So I wouldn't be able to do my entire business without Entreport. Um, so that's a, that's a big reason why I can do what I can do.
1: Okay, great answer. And and putting business aside, and this is a huge question for somebody like you, but is there a favorite bit of, of running kit, an accessory, something that you can't do without from a running perspective?
0: Oh, see, that's a good question. I'm a little bit of a minimalist when it comes to my running. You know, I, I rarely run with music or a podcast. You know, my favorite place to be is running down a trail wearing split leg shorts, no shirt and some good trail shoes. That is my happy place. So I don't have a ton of of different training tools or, you know, different apps on my phone that I use for running. I'll say that, you know, Strava is something that I think is a game changer for runners because it can actually put some numbers behind your running and for the social aspect of staying connected to other runners and and staying motivated and even accountable, Strava is a really wonderful tool. Um, But I guess in terms of something that I use frequently that I wouldn't like to give up, I have a couple kettlebells and I like to keep things really simple. I love to throw around the kettlebell. You can really do strength oriented workouts. You could do power oriented workouts. You could, you know, do more metabolic oriented wor- workouts with kettlebells. So I think they're very versatile and it's just something that makes strength training much more convenient for me. So I'm a man of convenience. If I can make something more
1: convenient, then I'm probably going to like it. Makes total sense. Uh, final question. What advice would you give to anybody in business or in a leadership role that, that is considering getting more active and t- wants to take up running? What, what would be the bit of advice that you give to them?
0: Yeah, I think it goes back to learning about yourself and figuring out why you want to run. You know, do you have a certain goal? Would you like to run a marathon? Would you like to just be in better shape? Would you like to set an example for your kids or for your direct reports or your employees? So I think it depends on why you want to get into the sport of running, because that will then determine how you approach the sport of running. You know, someone training for a marathon is going to be running very differently than someone who's just training for general health and fitness. But no matter why you're running, I think prioritizing consistency, doing what you need to do to stay healthy and keeping injury prevention as a goal, you know, because if you can stay healthy that enables consistency. It enables you to do harder training if you want to train for a race or try to get faster. So just harping back on some of those very fundamental principles of being a good runner or being a good entrepreneur, get intrinsically motivated for it and then be very consistent in a disciplined, systematic way.
1: Jackson, it's been hugely inspiring to talk. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, the success of Strength Running is immense. I, I will stick all the details in the in the show notes for anybody who hasn't already uh, come across it, but if people do want to find it, you might you, please mention it again here is it's simply strengthrunning.com, isn't it?
0: Yeah, strengthrunning.com. The Strength Running podcast information can be found at strengthrunning.com/podcast or you can find it on any any major podcast player. And then our YouTube channel is just at youtube.com slash strengthrunning.
1: Thanks for your time and uh, enjoy your next run.
0: Oh, I will. Thanks so much for a great conversation.
1: Thanks again to Jason Fitzgerald from Strength Running for being today's guest on Run the Business. So what are you taking away from that conversation? What am I taking away from that conversation? Uh, First thing, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, Number one is consistency. It can give you a competitive advantage just by itself. Repeating purposeful actions puts you in a stronger position. It gets you closer to your goals. Having a consistent running schedule and sticking to it makes a difference. In business, it's about repeating those purposeful actions that you know will take you closer to where you want to be. Jason talked about running for the right reasons, uh, reasons personal to you. Do you have a clear reason why you go running? Um, is there a clear reason why you turn up at work to do the work you do every day? Uh, is there? If there isn't, it's worth spending some time to work it out. Make sure it aligns with the person that you want to be and the goals you want to achieve. Uh, what excites you? That uh, was something he talked about. Um, a great quote as well, which really stuck with me. What are you willing to experience some discomfort to achieve? What are you willing to experience some discomfort to achieve? That's a powerful thought. Uh, Nothing in life worth getting is easy, is it? Um, And going back to consistency, you mentioned routine. Routine is a distance runner's best friend. Uh, Humans thrive on routine. Do you have an environment around you that allows you to be disciplined and consistent in your actions. Uh, Working hard every day needs to be managed. Have a think about that. What's going on around you this week that could get in the way of your routine and your goals? I I love Jason's honesty around setbacks and failure as well. How he was open to seeing uh, failure as a lesson. It's okay. It's part of the process of moving forward. Just like having a bad race in running. Um, He talked about knowing your core competencies and using them to your advantage. Um, So much other stuff to take away. It's another one of those interviews that I kind of want to come back to and listen to again. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Strengthrunning.com has all the stuff, but if you want to dig deeper into running, injury prevention, coaching support, nutrition, um, then Jason's podcast is absolutely awesome and you can find it on Strength Running as well. The quote to finish today... It's something we talked about in the conversation and it's been said by many people from Richard Branson through to Woody Allen. If you don't have failures, you're not trying enough. I'll leave you with that one. I'm Anthony Gay and until next time, keep running and keep chasing your goals.